Well, here we are. And I just, um, I want the Lord to, to minister to speak to us today. Uh, very, very interesting morning. Um, I had one word to go on. Sure, nobody really knows that struggle. Anyone curious of what that word was? Um, fight. Fight. And so I said, okay, what, how do you want to do this, Lord? I want us to uh, to turn somewhere real quick, uh, Hebrews chapter ten. Now this is this this came to me this came to me later. Um, it wasn't wasn't where I started, but this is something that kind of came at the end and and stirred and stirred me. And uh, it's going to be something that I uh, that I believe God will help us. Um, Bring our bring our focus, um, and uh, and what he would uh, try to accomplish, or what he wants to accomplish today. You know, God doesn't have to try to do anything. He doesn't have to try to accomplish. He's going to accomplish something. He's going to accomplish His will. Uh, it's just whether or not we're going to be a part of it. So that's 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 the only equation that's that has a question: whether or not we're going to be a part of it. And so Hebrews tells us, the writer, in verse 22, Let us draw near with a true heart, in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience, and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for He is faithful that promised. So we must hold fast to the faith. And let us consider one another. And this is where I want to drive, drive a point home here before we even get started. Consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works. And so that word provoke means to stir up. So what I would love to do today is to see this happen that we would begin to stir one another, that we would begin to provoke one another to do what? To love and to good works. And then we find, we find the famous scripture that we're all familiar with, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching and, and our assembling and our, our coming together should be, there should be this, this provoking or stirring one another to love and good works. So it's more than just our assembling. It's what happens when we get together that we begin to provoke one another. 
that we begin to stir one another. Come on, there is something in you. There's something in you that God is calling you to accomplish. He's calling you to do and let me help you. Let me try to motivate you, to stir you. Let me provoke you to love and good works. So with that being said, I, I want to provoke you today. I want to provoke you today to good works. I want to just minister today from this subject. Men of war. Now I know this is a little bit confusing. I Trust me. There is no... There is no straight line for us to try to follow uh, the, the, the flow of the Spirit. When God gives us something, He gives us something to dig into. We don't have just this, this nice, smooth path before us. We have, to, we have to dig and search and wait. Why am I digging and why am I searching? Why am I looking into this idea, God? And then we have to wait for His help. We have to wait for that instruction. And it's, it's, it's interesting to me that, that this came to me at the time that we are living in. War is inevitable. It's inevitable. Because there is an enemy. Some war for power or profit or prestige to build their kingdom. Some war for blood because they have wrath in their heart. There is a war going on and I'm not sure why. We can postulate to the reasons, but at the end of the day, it's inevitable. It's going to happen. War is going to happen. Luke chapter 29 and verse, or 21 and verse 9. But when ye shall hear of wars and commotions, be not terrified, for these things must first come to pass. But the end is not by and by. Verse 10, Then said he unto them, Nation shall rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be fighting. There will be trouble. Because there is an enemy. It's hard for us to wrap our mind around why the earth is rocking and reeling with so much violence. To understand the reason for war, we must remind, we must be reminded of what it is that's at the core. As we look into God's word, the next five scriptures that we that we read, you will you will begin to see a pattern. Matthew chapter 13, beginning at verse 19.
When anyone heareth the word of the kingdom and understandeth it not, then cometh the wicked one and catcheth away that which was sown in his heart. This is he which received seed by the wayside. We're going to look at Matthew chapter 15 and beginning at verse 8. This people draweth nigh unto me with their mouth and honoreth me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. And moving down to verse 18, but those things which proceed out of the mouth come forth from the heart, and they defile the man. And in verse 19, for out of the heart proceed evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornications, thefts, false witness, blasphemies. We're going to look at one more passage here, Matthew 22 and 37. Jesus said unto them, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. Do you see the, the pattern within these scriptures that we have read? And we see, we see what's at the core of war when it, comes to, when it comes to our country, our world. Is it's, it's the condition of the heart. Today, God will give us a word, and it's up to us to make sure that we're, we're ready for it. I, I came in here today not, not to just fill a slot, fill a chair, but I came in here because I wanted to touch heaven, and I want heaven to touch me. I want God to come to where I am, and I want Him to have His way in my life because it's all in vain without it. It's all in vain and empty without it. So, so he's going to release a word. And, and, and we can receive that word today if we're ready for it, if we want it. If we, if we, want, it, if we want it bad enough, if we're desperate enough to receive it. I'm desperate today. Our world is dark and chaotic and there's trouble and confusion all around us. And what we need is a word of truth that will shake us to the core. If not, the wicked one or our enemy comes and he snatches that word from our heart. Do you want to let him get it today? Do you want to let him snatch that seed that God is trying to plant in your life? That seed that will, that will move into the right soil if you're ready and it will produce fruit. Uh, do you want him to steal that fruit? Do you want him to steal that seed before it happens? Before before. Uh, before it goes to where it needs to go, we're, we're all in need of something. You need a word today. But more than just hearing a word, you need to receive a word. You need to receive a word. I need to receive a word. 
because if I don't receive it when I leave this place, I'll forget what God had said. Why, why do you think that sometimes we come to the altar just, just so we can reach out and make sure that that seed doesn't go anywhere? And so I will present my life to, to an altar uh, when I hear a word that God gives me just so I can make sure I leave here with it. Because the devil's a pickpocket. He'll snatch it out of your heart before you leave the building. Wondering why my life never looks any different and why things don't change. Well, you keep letting the devil snatch the word out of your heart. You keep letting him take what doesn't belong to him. He'll take it as long as you let him. Oh, but there's a word I want to deliver to you today. And that word is fight. going to fight for that word. The next scripture that we read, Jesus said that there will be people who only get close to Him with their mouth. Their heart is not in it. Could it be the, that the reason is the enemy keeps snatching the word that would change their heart? When God begins to deal with you and gives you that word, it's to change your heart. Because he knows. Man, I've, I've heard some of the worst, the worst advice in my life. And, and Hollywood broadcast this message through every, everything that, that, they, that they create. And that's, you need to follow your heart. That'll get you in trouble. That'll get you trouble. Why? Because we just read it. What comes out of the heart? It begins with evil thoughts, right? And that evil thought just begins to shape in your life, form in your life. Why is it that he keeps trying to stop the word from getting to your heart? Because... because that is where the defiling comes from. The word defile means to make Levitically unclean. Think about that. The words and the actions that come out of my heart that aren't pleasing to God, they are, uh, uh, they are Levitically unclean. We've been talking about this here, here lately. And I mentioned this before, and we've, we've looked into the Scripture to see this. We are called to be royal priesthood. But how can we get there if the Word of God, the Word that God brings to us, never changes our hearts? It's impossible for us to draw a line between clean and unclean if our heart is not clean. Out of the heart proceedeth evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornications, thefts, false witness, blasphemies. The enemy is using wicked hearts 
to turn against one another. I feel like that's what the Lord is trying to get us to, uh, to, to recognize here today is that the reason that we come together and worship there, there are multiple reasons, but, but we come together because a, as a whole, we're stronger together. And as a unified body, we, we demonstrated this uh, a, a few services ago where we come together and we link hand to hand and, and we're walking in unity. The enemy cannot get through and the enemy cannot, uh, cannot find a loophole or find a way in to sow his, his seed of discord or, or division. And that's why we must work to, to maintain the, the unity, endeavoring to keep this, the, this, uh, the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. Why? Because He wants, He doesn't want your heart to change. He wants you to always be looking at somebody else and not at yourself. If he can get you to find fault in your brother or your sister, if he can get you, listen, the, the shape that our world in is why? Is because they're, they're looking outward instead of inward. Evil thoughts produce evil behavior. Why is there war? Because there is evil in the hearts of men. And men try to justify their reasons for it. Does the United States need to stick their nose in everything that happens in the world? War. What battle, what war are we engaged in? What are we fighting? Or are we fighting? If, if we're not fighting... Let me put it this way. If we're not fighting, we are fighting. If I'm not fighting, there are no neutral sides. There's no middle ground. You're fighting one way or the other. For or against. Well, how can you say that? If I'm not fighting for the kingdom of God, then I'm fighting against it. I can't just sit by and let people die without fighting. It ought to stir us. It ought to stir us to the point where we move into action. People have been complacent far too long. People have been apathetic to the fight that we're in. There's just no, no concern to engage. And it, it's, it's, not, 
It's not Sunday or Wednesday that prove that. It's what happens on Tuesday night when we come together. There are far less people on Tuesday night. Now, I understand that there are, there are obligations and, and we, have to, we, 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 can't, we can't be invested in everything that's happening, but, but there ought to be something inside of us that says, I have to fight. If I sacrifice one day a week uh, to make sure that I'm engaged in the battle, then that's what I must do. You know what's disappointing? I don't mean to be on a, on a rampage this morning, uh, so please forgive me if I sound, sound harsh at all. But you know what's disappointing is, is, is the response to, to the involvement. Many of you have, have, have filled them out and, and you mentioned cleaning and, and that kind of thing, and that's wonderful. We, we're, we're thankful for that. We're thankful for you looking for ways to serve. But, you know, can I tell you, I have not seen one, one listing of Bible study. It's almost like that, that word is just completely, it's the last word on the list, and it's, it's, it's completely avoided. And what I mean is we must be willing to, to engage in Bible study within our homes and not just our homes, but within those around us. Now, I know that there are some that are involved. There, there are people involved in Bible study. That's wonderful. But it ought to, it, we ought to all be stirred up uh, to try to teach somebody a Bible study. And what I would love to see is for somebody to be inspired and say, you know what, I'm going to start a small group at my home and I want us to come together on Thursday nights uh, at 7 o'clock and, and have dinner and, and, and pray for a few moments uh, and study the Word of God and, and invite somebody that's not quite connected to the church. Why? Because we're in a war and the enemy is, is catching them left and right and there is, there is spiritual suicide bombers all around us. They're, they're disrupting and causing chaos and people are losing their lives in this war while the Holy Ghost filled, oh, blood bought, uh, uh, power, powerful saints of God sit by and do nothing to fight. We know, we know that war is inevitable and somehow, somehow we are still shocked when it happens. Has anyone thought that Putin was not going to ever go to war? It's a terrible thing. But it shouldn't catch us off guard or shock us. We've known about this our whole life. That war was going to happen. We read the scripture ourselves. How many years have you heard that preach that there will be wars and rumors of wars? Uh, and that it's only going to get worse before it gets better. And the only way it's going to get better is when Jesus comes back for his bride and removes them from the earth. Uh, oh, I seen this the other day and uh, it makes sense. Normal's not coming back. Jesus is coming back. Uh, don't wait for things to get back to where it was pre-Bush or pre or pre-Clinton or pre uh, or pre uh, uh, Trump. Yes, exactly. Thank you. 
Jesus has been preparing us for his return. And the only kingdom we ought to be locked in and have eyes for is his kingdom. But he's looking for men of war. He's looking for somebody that still has fight in them. Somebody that's still willing to say, here am I, send me. Whatever you want to do, God, I don't want to be lost. and I don't want my family to be lost. I don't want my friends to be lost. I don't want my coworker to be lost. So if i got to get involved and turn up the volume in my fight, then that's what i got to do. That's why we come together. Come on, it's time to it's time to stir one another, provoke one another. God is wanting to get us uh, uh, our eyes opened, our ears opened to the direction of His Spirit. But we gotta provoke one another in order for this to happen. Our gatherings gotta be about provoking one another to accomplish the will of God. I don't want to drag my issues in here, get a little bit of a, a, a relief, and walk back out and, and take the onslaught of the enemy. No, I need strength from my brother. You're going to get through this. I need strength from my sister. You're going to get through this. It's going to pass. You'll make it to the other side. Hold on. Don't stop fighting. So people, somehow people have, have become apathetic to the need to fight. And maybe that's because we have relied on others for our freedom. As long as somebody else is fighting, I don't need to. I appreciate the freedoms that we have in this life and I'm thankful for those who gave their life fighting for our freedom. But let me remind you, the kings of the earth are still men. They can be influenced by the enemy. For instance, has any president ever done everything absolutely 100% the way you want it? Exactly. You know why? Because they're men. An unsaved man at that. Has there ever been a Holy Ghost filled man of God standing in the White House? Now there, uh, don't get me wrong, there have been people, there have been godly influences in people, but there's never been anyone that has the power, the power that you and I have. We've been born again, right? We've got the power. We've got more power in us working in our life than the entire United States Army and military branch. And yet we rely on them for our freedom. Oh, what happens? Ah, uh, uh, if the, if the military backs up, is our confidence going to be in God or is our confidence going to be in the military? Listen, I hope you understand what I'm saying. I'm not against our military, but that is not where my hope and trust is in. And I've mentioned this before, but when we rely on other people to keep our freedom and we don't have to fight, you know what that produces? That produces apathy. Well, they'll never come into the United States. 
So we're safe. We're safe. We can put our weapons down. We can stop fighting. But see, we can't, we can't put our faith and trust in hands that do not reverence God's order. The military didn't give me spiritual freedom. Jesus gave me freedom. The government didn't give me a handout that brought liberty in my life. Man didn't produce freedom in my life. Somebody needs to shut it down. Turn it off. Stop listening. Stop letting it control you and produce fear in your life. You know what the news does? It produces fear. People come to work all, all bent out of shape and worried about what's going to happen. Oh, it's not going to persuade me or shake me as long as I come together with my other brothers and sisters who are provoking one another, who are stirring one another to love and good works. When that happens and we stir each other up, we, we, we hold on to that confidence and that hope that we have that Jesus is in control no matter what we face and what it looks like. The economy can collapse and our, and our army can be defeated. But I'm here to remind you today that there is one victor who will never be defeated. And nothing can change that. Doesn't matter what campaign sounds good and what thing sounds good, it doesn't matter. You can, you can take, take away the Declaration of Independence. You can take away the Bill of Rights. As long as I have this, I need nothing else. Oh, I'm stepping on some toes of some patriotic people. I'm trying to provoke you to see in the danger and fighting for a country that has a destiny that's not ours. Listen to me, this country, its destiny is not our destiny. We are on two different roads. Which means we must, we can only focus on one battle. We can only focus on one war. And that's, we have to, we have to focus on God's kingdom. For, for a brief moment here, I, wanna, I, wanna, I want us to dig into something a, a little bit, a little bit deeper. What about war in the Old Testament?
didn't God command it? And I'm sure you've been presented with that question. Why? From unbelievers. Why did God command the slaughter of innocent people? Now that's where they fail to understand that it wasn't a slaughter of innocent people. If you, if you look at, at what, God, what God commanded His people to do, it was to tear down the military strongholds that opposed his kingdom. He did it for a purpose. Now bear with me for a moment because I want us to, I want us to receive something here. It wasn't for the reasons that men wage war. God doesn't wage war the way people do because they're doing it from a place of of, of corruption. They might have an evil heart or, or, or good intentions, but there's still evil in their heart. Nobody can escape that without the work of God's Spirit. None of us can escape the corruption of who we are as a godless individual without His Spirit helping us and sending us the words that, that allow us to have a heart transform, transformation. First and foremost, what would be the number one reason for God to command war? In the Old Testament. If I had one word to sum it all up, I would, I would, I would say it's bloodline. Let me, let me try to build on this right here and give you some understanding here. Why would God command war in the Old Testament? Bloodline. That's just one, that's, that's one aspect and let me let me help us today let us let God help us today he commanded war to protect his purpose Deuteronomy 4 verse 37 and because he loved thy fathers therefore he chose their seed after them and and brought thee out in his sight with his mighty power out of Egypt. To do what? In verse 38 it says, uh, To drive out nations from before thee, greater and mightier than thou art. To bring thee in, to give thee their land for an inheritance as it is this day. How would God be able to protect his plan? He would need an army willing to fight in a battle that was already predetermined. Listen to what He gave His people. He gave them. He gave them the land that was already, that was already His. It was the Lord's land. And He would drive out the enemy. Remember what Brother Jackson said, sometimes all you need to do is just show up. I feel like we have a hard time just getting people to show up. Show up. 
and step into something that God has already predetermined the outcome. God's plan is predestined for victory, so all they needed to do was show up and stick to the plan. Listen, all they needed to do was show up and stick to the plan. Uh, that's where we get a little, that's where it gets a little fuzzy, doesn't it? So many things go wrong when men decide to change the plan. For instance, what happened to Saul? Saul was commanded to do what? He was commanded to wipe out a people, right? And what did he do? He changed the plan. He changed the plan. And what did God, what did God send to him? He sent a prophet. A prophet who said, there's no sacrifice that will get you out of this. Obedience is better than sacrifice. You don't need to change the plan. You need to stick to the plan. Don't worry about uh, what it looks like. Stick to the plan. That's where you're going to walk into victory. Listen to what, what, what Moses was writing. These nations would be greater and mightier and could be intimidating if soldiers somehow forgot God would drive them out. I think sometimes people try to drive out the enemy by themselves on their own terms. I needed a big water today. But all we got to do, all we have to do is just show up and stick to the plan. <laughs> Let me. This is, uh, this is something that I've seen on my job. You know how hard it is to work a plan through three different brains? who all have a different opinion and a different way to do things. You know what? It takes so much time that the one guy that's not involved in it will go and do the job, and then they'll be still standing there talking about why, what they need to do to accomplish it. Well, no, guys, it's already done. It's already done. It's so much easier to let one voice uh, establish the plan and then just say, no, we're sticking to the plan. You be quiet. God's already ordained us. He's already ordained us a path, and that's the path we're going to stick on. You keep your thoughts to yourself. We're going to stick to God's plan. We're going to follow God's way. Why? Because it's already predetermined. The, out, the outcome's already predetermined for us. We know what mess you're going to get us into. Look what happened on the last job. The same thing happened and five people had to go fix what you messed up. <laughs> I know this from experience. <laughs> because, because what you have is you have differences of how things are accomplished. And, uh, you know, some bosses will just get out there and they'll drive, they'll, they'll crack the whip and they'll, they'll force you to just get something done. And then people have to go back and fix it. 
I don't know how many times, I, you know, me and maybe, maybe people had to go back and fix mine, but I'm, I'm real meticulous, and that, does, and that means that I'm not real fast because I want to do it right once. And so to me, the most important thing to do is to come up with the plan, however long it takes to, to, to come up with the plan. If you've got to talk to different people, and get, get, uh, get their thoughts and communicate with the other trades. Listen, there is, man, there is so much to be said for that. When you include everyone else in there and, and you talk about how you want to accomplish it, you know, you can get some things done uh, as long as there's only one person doing it. You see what I'm getting at? A, a, a leader sends out the direction, and, and, and people are supposed to just follow the lead. Now, there, there's a difference between a leader and a boss, right? A leader will be right there with you, helping you accomplish a, a, a singular task to get something done. And I believe the, I believe the Lord wants, to, wants us as a church to, to get behind the leadership and not try to devise plans, but to say, you know what? This is the, the, the vision of the pastor. This is the, this is the vision of the church I'm going to get behind. I'm not going to try to rewrite things. I'm not going to try to make my own conclusions. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let the Lord lead because the path is already predetermined and there's victory at the end. I'm just going to show up on the day of battle. And stick to the plan. I'm running out of time here. Joshua chapter 6. Verse 1. Now Jericho was straightly shut up because of the children of Israel. None went out and none came in. And the Lord said unto Joshua, See, I have given into thine hand Jericho and the king thereof and the mighty men of valor. And ye shall compass the city, all ye men of war. And this is what stirred me today when I read this. Men of war. All ye men of war. And go around about the city once. Thus shalt thou do six days. Jericho was an important, formidable fortress city. If they could defeat them, they could defeat anything else that they faced in Canaan. But he would need men of war. Well, I don't feel like a warrior. Anyone feel like a warrior today? Anyone feel like a soldier today? You feel like a soldier? You feel like you still have fight left in you? Do you still feel like that it's worth fighting? Do you still believe that there is no greater cause? Do you still believe that there's no other way? Do you still believe that, that the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through God? Listen, I'm trying to wrap this up for the first part of this service. I believe God has placed within every calling a will to war. That's why when you first receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost, you're ready to fight everything that walks. Why? Because there's power. A power I've never felt before. And I'm not talking about fist fighting brothers and sisters and flesh and bone. That's not what I'm talking about. You're, you're ready to engage in the battle. You're ready to come down and worship God and shout and run the aisles and stop the devil. 
anyone's feet tired or you're or you still ready to stop the devil still ready to stop him you still ready to stop him 